Now, finding an Airbnb in New York, that's a lot harder than it used to be, too. Um, last month, the city there started cracking down on short-term uh, operators. 70% of the city's Airbnbs vanished when this law came in on September. Th- well, the law was actually in place for a long time. September 5th is when they said, okay, now we're going to start enforcing it. Um, part of the reasoning behind the ban on short-term rentals, like if you have one that you want to have listed for 30 days and up, that's fine. You can still do that in New York. But if you want to rent your place out for a weekend, not happening. And one of the reasons they made that change is because of the housing crisis. The same thing that we've talked about here, right? Potential retail uh, rental accommodations being snapped up and used for Airbnb rather than being available for the people who live in those cities to rent. Same thing's happened in Canada, and we've already seen some cities in Canada make some changes around this. But when we talk about the housing crisis and we talk about the lack of affordable housing in Canada, part of that conversation has to be short-term rentals. And you heard the caller earlier today that didn't think so, right, is involved in Airbnb. And I get it because, you know, a, a lucrative revenue stream here might be threatened. But I think this is going to be something that people are talking about in the coming days, if not already. So we're going to speak with Torben Wieditz, who's an urban geographer and executive director at Fair B&B. Torben, thanks so much for being here. I appreciate your time. Thanks for having us. It's I think it's an important conversation. We want to we want to turn over every rock when it comes to the housing crisis, and this is one of them, right? That you take a look at the short term rental situation in our country. How big of a factor do you think it is in terms of what it's doing in taking up real estate and potential rental accommodations? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a huge deal, and uh, it's you know one aspect that is not often um, considered or discussed when we talk about our housing crisis and the lack of supply. Um, we know that in 2019, about 31,000 homes had been removed from Canada's housing market across the country. But, you know, fast forward to 2023, um, we know that about 17,000 uh, homes had been removed in British Columbia alone. We don't have the data of the country, but, you know, given the fact that um, we see so many homes being removed in British Columbia, um, I'm pretty sure that, uh, you know, the the issue really outpaces what it used to be in 2019, and it was already bad then. So um, we should also note that the impact is really unevenly distributed and that there are some uh, jurisdictions and cities that are much more um, impacted than others. But overall, I think it's fair to say, and that uh, what we did last week in BC when we released the study um, that you know removing housing stock and having commercial short-term rentals increases people's rents and housing costs, um, and that's significant in the context of the housing crisis. Yeah, some of the numbers that you included in in the in the piece that you wrote in the Globe and Mail, you know, from a McGill study that just came out recently, like we're talking about tens of thousands of housing units in 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 one city in some instances. Yeah, it's, it's, it's extreme. Um, and, um, you know, we, we've been pushing governments to step in and, and to say that, hey, you know, any housing unit that has been planned, approved and built as a residential housing unit should be used as such and should not be converted into hotel inventory for um, large platforms like Airbnb. Um, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. That resonates with people. Um, and it, it doesn't mean that, you know, we should ban Airbnb or not use Airbnb. I think there's a role for this platform, but uh, it's for uh, allowing people to rent out their own home. Right. Uh, 
to allow people to stay there, but not for people to buy up or lease up um, investment properties to turn them into hotel inventory, essentially. Well, that's the thing, Tarbin. If you take a look at what Airbnb was meant to be when it started, it was sort of like you're not using your own place, rent it out while you're not there. But like you say, it's become industry. It's become business. There are some people in some places in this country where, you know, they have dozens and dozens of listings. That's not the intent of what Airbnb was meant to be at the start, right? Uh, I mean, it's hard to say. That's certainly sort of the um, the narrative that Airbnb has yeah, put out there, yeah. the original narrative that this is how it started. Um, but uh, if you look at Airbnb's business model and if you look at what's actually happening on that platform for a number of years, uh, that there's a minority of hosts that uh, operate the majority of Airbnb's inventory and generate the majority of Airbnb's revenue. So, you know, in some respects, you know, like it's it's really the top one to 10% of host platform that are generating uh, the vast majority of Airbnb's revenue. And the company knows that, of course. They know exactly where the money is coming from. It's not from, you know, you and I occasionally renting out our home um, when we're on, away on the weekend. It's come have turned this into a business. And to me, it seems hard to believe that this is something that wasn't intended from the get-go um, in order to make money. But the origin story is a good one. And, you know, if you're a student, everyone knows how difficult it is to make ends meet and, you know, renting out your place, you know, for conference goers when you're not there or even while you're there to make some extra money is a good story. But that's not what the platform is about. And that's yep. not what the became for sure. So you're advocating an approach where provincial governments are the ones that sort of grab the wheel on this, right? Not the feds, not municipalities. This needs to be a provincial issue. What is it you're recommending? Well, I, you know, we have, we have been at it for a while and it's very difficult for municipalities uh, to, to regulate this industry. Um, and, you know, a lot of times they don't have the resources and the capacity to do so. So there is a role for the provinces to establish what we think uh, makes a lot of sense, which is a province-wide registry to allow people to register or actually to, to, to you know, make sure people register with you if they want to rent out their properties on platforms like Airbnb. And to show that these platform uh, that these properties are indeed someone's principal residence, um, and that way you accumulate an, a, a whole uh, 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 lot of data that you then can share with municipalities that uh, are in the business of enforcing their own bylaws, so that municipalities know exactly. Um, who rents in their community, uh, what municipal addresses are being placed on platforms, what's the intensity of use, are these places principal residences or not. Um, So I think that makes it a lot easier for municipalities that don't have the resources like big cities like Vancouver or or Toronto to uh, get into the enforcement game. Um, And then there's also a need for collaboration with the federal government and the CRA because the CRA already has um, a list of all of our principal residences right, yeah. has to declare this. So it's easy to um, cross-reference, uh, you know, what people tell provinces about what their principal residence is and what they tell the CRA. And I think uh, that will prevent a lot of people from, from cheating or trying to sort of, you know, cut corners. And we're already seeing some steps taken in that direction, right? BC has done that. BC has said you can rate your primary residence, but that's it. Uh, not quite yet. BC is on the way there. Okay. Um, Quebec- on that, but uh, we are expecting uh, BC to uh, uh, introduce legislation any day now um, to do so. So they have definitely been working on it, um, and they should be, you know, by now uh, uh, ready to actually introduce uh, a, a new set of province-wide regulations. Um, 
So we are waiting for this to happen, and that may actually be happening this week. Uh, and Torben, like you say, Quebec has taken steps. They, they have some sort of registry in place. What, what, what did Quebec decide to do? What does their rules and regulations look like? Well, Quebec is, uh, has, has essentially done the same thing. They have established a province-wide registry uh, where short-term rental hosts have to register. And they have, uh, you know, asked platforms like Airbnb to only list and advertise properties that are registered with the province. Um, so basically, they are asking platforms to be responsible and accountable for the content and the properties that they are advertising, uh, which I think is a great step to ensure that you don't end up with illegal Airbnbs, as we have seen, uh, you know, uh, in, in Montreal earlier this, earlier this year in March, uh, when seven people got killed in an illegal Airbnb. Yeah. Um, so basically, we need to sort of get back into having control over the quote-unquote hotel inventory to make sure these places are safe and legal and do not do not take away housing stock from its intended use. Do, do we get to a point, like, if we're in a situation where we're millions of housing units short, we, we know that, and, and that's how much we need to do to try and catch up here. If we have, I don't know, say 100,000 available across the country, do we get to a point where the government has to say, listen, we need to take care of the people that are looking for permanent housing uh, in this country before we start worrying about vacationers. Do you think that's a possibility? Um, I mean, it should be 100%. I think, uh, you know, the, the government don't has a, doesn't have a responsibility to uh, uh, create laws and regulations for tourists and guests. Uh, you know, we have our own constituents that we need to take care of. And we all know how long it takes to build, uh, you know, 10,000 housing units or 20,000 housing units. Oh, yeah. um, it, it takes years. And if we you know, uh, try to create policy and, and implement housing strategies on the one hand, but then we have a, a leaky bucket where we just uh, lose all these housing units to people that convert homes into hotels. I don't think that is, uh, you know, is, is something that we should support. And it's very low-hanging fruit for any level of government to, to address that and make sure that we are providing housing to long-term tenants and people that need to, to work and live in our communities. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how far it goes. Torben, thank you so much for your insight today. I appreciate you being here with us. Oh, thanks for having us. You bet. Thank Thanks. you very much. Um, that is Torben Wieditz, who's an urban geographer and executive director at Fair BNB. It's a conversation, I think, uh, that's happening more and more. Like I said, New York's taking steps. Vancouver's looking at it. Quebec's already done it. Um, and I think, you know, if you if you seriously want to take a look at the housing situation and the fact that we are short, thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of units, uh, and there are thousands and thousands and thousands of units that are being used for Airbnb, I can see how there might be uh, some sort of rules brought in to try and, you know, tip those scales a little bit in the other direction.